Well, hello from Dublin, Ireland. It's Justin Dawson saying it's nice to be home after a week that has been ISE 2023. This is the All Things Techie Podcast, episode 67, post-ISE, with the wrinkles under my eyes. That's after two days of trying to recover. Yeah, I'm fighting off a bit of a cold and... uh, Probably a bit of tonsillitis as well. I've came home to a bit of tonsillitis as well. Uh, Not picked up at IC, I don't think, because I have a couple of sick little ones in the house as well. But what a week that it has been. If you are listening to this audio podcast, I really, really, really recommend go over to YouTube and subscribe to the All Things Techie podcast. Information is on our website, www.allthingstech.com. Dot IE. Wow. Okay. Where do I start? Um, flew into ISE in Barcelona. I haven't been in Barcelona in nearly 15 years, listeners and viewers. And uh, I forgot about the place and got into the Fira of Barcelona at about 12 p.m. Um, in Barcelona time. Here we go. ISE 2023. And uh, First off, uh, try to do a video podcast with Chris Nito over in the Midwich Boots for AV on Air. And I had a bit of technical problems. And we actually said we'd go back and we would do the program again. But uh, with the time constraints and going around all the boots, that actually didn't happen. I apologize, Chris, but we will do that again at the next ISE. Um, then found my way to the influencer booth and really tried to get my bearings on everything that was going on. What a massive... Now, it's different to the Rye. I'll admit, the Rye over in Amsterdam. Um, it's more straightforward once you get your bearings right. Um, but uh, by the time I got my bearings right, it was like influencer lounge. It was happy hours going on across the board. Um, seeing boots and like just stopping you in your tracks. That's a usual thing that happens at Integrated Systems Europe. Um, got over to the opening keynote speech uh, with uh, Epic Games. That was absolutely fantastic. And uh, the first night actually going out for dinner with Epifan and Ron Ron Epstein. What an absolute amazing meal that we had um, in the Butterfamero, I think it's pronounced. I am no good at my Spanish. I apologise. I have no Spanish whatsoever. I spoke English the whole way through the whole of ISE. So, uh, got some great interviews. Uh, The first one here with Aurora Media. Uh, that we did on on the first day, uh, talking with the man, the legend that has been for years with Evixa, Chuck Espinosa, uh, and then introduced to the CEO of Aurora. Chuck Espinosa joining me at not with the Evixa top anymore. Yeah, yeah, I have uh, changed roles since last we spoke. Uh, I am now the global director of education for Aurora Multimedia. And we're here at the Aurora Boots. We, we will are. spin around in a while. Um, Chuck, are you enjoying the new role? I am. I really am. Yeah. Uh, Paul has been great with Marcus and I. You know, they brought us in because they uh, wanted an edu- they wanted an education program, and they didn't know 
how to start it, how to build it. They had no idea about, uh, you know, how to do a needs analysis for what education they needed. And they called and said, you tell us what you need and, and what we need to do to support you and you build this thing. And uh, he said, go, just, uh, you know, let me know what you're doing, how much you need and, and do it. And I talked to a lot of people that wanted education programs. You know, there was a lot of companies that said, Chuck, you know, we'd like you to set up an educational program. And once we start talking about it, when you can tell when a company is very serious and when they're not, and when they're not serious, you say, you know, this is going to take so long to develop. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a six month needs analysis. We're not going to have any videos or any content out for the first eight months. And they're like, that's, yeah. that's expensive and time consuming. Yes, it is. And technology changes. And that. technology changes. Uh, and when we talked to Paul and said, you know, if you really want to do this right, it's going to take this much time and it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a little expensive. And he said, whatever you need, it was the same thing. Whatever you need, you tell us what to do. You're the expert. What I love is like Paul's like just behind us there. Right? We spun around the camera. He's joining me on all things techie. And uh, we spoke at length yesterday about your products. Uh, you, you've got to stealing two of the biggest names in the AV market in the past six months, uh, Chuck and Marcus, yeah. in one go. That's 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 that, that's like that's like stealing like a football team all in one. I don't know about stealing, but you know, made a compelling case to come work for us, and uh, yeah, we're happy about it. Uh, can't wait to see what all the different things that come out of them. Uh, not just to educate on our products, but to educate on the system as a whole and um, just the industry. So it's more than just you know knowing about the products. It's also knowing about how everything goes together, whether it's a network switch or whether it's something else that's going to interact with the product. So education's key. Education is key. Like uh, some of the stuff that Chuck was showing me uh, earlier on, the fact that you have these wall plates with built-in HMI instantly available to stream, I think it's just a fantastic product. Oh, thank you. So, sure. so what's what's new? What what have you brought out to IC this year? Uh, well, for this year, we did uh, we brought some new touch panels. Mm -hmm. We brought out a ten inch for a new, new generation ten inch uh, that looks like our eight inch and our four inch light wing. It's a full control processor. Has two serial, two IR, two relays, two IOs. We're also showing, not really officially released, because we're going to save it more for Infocom. Exclusive, but exclusive, exclusive, I think. Yeah. Kind of, it's semi-exclusive. You know, we, we were supposed to be behind the scenes, but it keeps just coming out to light. But we got a patent-pending technology where we took a four-inch desktop panel and uh, we added a beam-forming Dante microphone into it with some other capabilities. Super. And it's going to just change the way people use their interface on a desk. I so, like it's big, big change. But I just think the interoperability of your your system is it's huge um, it's it's so clean so we, the fact that you have processors behind your touch panels as well yeah and it's all standards based we uh we, our brain runs off of node.js and our uh our interface is just html so i mean we're using all industry standards so it makes it very easy to port into other processors to keep product supply going and that's the big thing we got going for us is we've been shipping I think our longest lead time to date is, yeah, longest lead time to date's been about uh, eight weeks, something like that. So it hasn't been anything terrible. It's funny, I was telling somebody else, even when our lead times are really good compared to other companies out there, we still get pressure, like, where's my product? And it's like, oh my God. Yes, yeah. Well, it, you know, especially in higher edge, you know, once we pay, it's like, you know, where is it? Why isn't it being put in? Um, so that's going to be released at Infocom. 
Uh, yeah, that is the plan. Uh, we'll be releasing it there, showing demonstrations of its full capacity. And some other surprises there too, which that I'm definitely not talking about. Okay, and yeah, it's right there. So I, I do have some other tricks. We're going to show you a new type of distribution. That's the only clue I'm going to give you, uh, which what? basically gives you no clue. No, it doesn't really, is it? especially when you are all about distribution. Yeah, yeah. So we got, we got another way to do it now. So you'll see, it's interesting. With the AV pros that's in the industry, and they've. You have Chuck, you have Marcus. How soon can we look forward to like all these training programs coming online? Uh, they've been doing a lot of them. They've been I, doing a lot. I'd say probably by April and definitely by June, you're going to see a lot of changes on our website. It's our 25th anniversary. Of course, yeah. So, uh, so are you going to be celebrating that at Infocom? Or that's you... part of the plan. Yeah. So we're going to make it. Uh, we're going to make it interesting. Because I, I keep on hearing that, that like. Where you want to win the awards, where you want the attention is at Infocom over the IC awards and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, no, it's not so much that. Timing's everything. Yeah. So, I mean, it is our, without a doubt, it is our backyard. Our booth is more than twice as large. So, it, it, it's our home playing field. So, yeah. it, it's, it, it is, you know, we're, we're from the States. So, that's where we put a, most of our energy. But we've been expanding a lot into Europe. A lot of our new products are designed so that they come out into European back boxes or American back boxes. So, uh, I've been enjoying, like the UK, I've been enjoying a lot. Uh, we go dealer direct there now. Yes. Uh, other places we go distribution. So, some we go dealer direct, some we go distribution. But, uh, oh no, I love Europe. The food's great here. The people are fun to, to work with. So uh, we're expanding. We're going to probably try to open up a local office uh, very soon. Um, you know, it depends on who the partners are. It's, it's all up to the, the integrators determine how much fun you're going to have. You got good integrators. You got good fun doing what you do. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I love the fact that you're working on the boots. You're into, you're introducing yourself to everyone on the boots. You know, sure. and. Uh, it, it may be a smaller booth than some of the competitors, but like you have the products ready to go. You, you know what it is? You know, some people look at, you know, and I know it's, it's really more or less, do you want to pay enough money to buy somebody a fancy booth? Or do you just want to see the product? The other thing too yes, is- Yes, I want to see got, the product. You yeah. want to know why they got big booths? Yeah, I'm going to tell you the exact secret of why they got a big booth. Because in my world, when I make a product, I got two products that will do what 11 of their products do. So I don't need a lot of space to show two products for what their 11 need to do. Because if you look at what we do, we got a transceiver technology, mm -hmm. which we've developed over six years ago. So all our products are transceivers, even our wall plates. Yes. So I don't need a, an encoder. And that's wall what plate. I love. Yeah. You know, and I was saying this to Chuck yesterday, that it limits the amount of troubleshooting. Exactly. You know, like as, an, as, a, as a technician in a higher edge, if I know that I, all I have to do is replace that place because it's one skew. Yeah. So when you look, like I said, when you look at when you look at a box version, for example, you tell it to be the transmitter or the receiver. It's got the fiber on it or the copper. It's got the USB extension. It's got the video wall modes. It's got the image rotation. It's got the blah 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 with the Dante all that stuff yeah. in it. You don't need a separate box for every little different di variation. Uh, and then we don't charge you a whole heck of a lot extra for it. So it doesn't have to be done that way. But that is one of the problems with the industry is everybody are followers. Yes. They don't always lead and do something new and innovative. And us, we like competition. We like to innovate. That's yeah. the beautiful thing. Or disruption. Because yeah. it's going to be disruption. Yeah. yeah. So if you do what everybody else does, you're going to get the same product with different price points with slightly different variations, but nothing changes. With us, we're trying to change the typology of AV, hence our slogan. We're always trying to think outside the box. We don't want to be like the other people. Yeah. We're not them. 
We're a war. We're different. People use us because they see what we're trying to do. do. Yeah. Now, with all the training coming on, are you going to get in touch with the likes of Evixa and try and offer some OU points for, for uh, training? Yeah, but they're all going to be uh, inevitably CTS accredited. Yeah. It's important. I know people like renewals. So, yeah, no, we'll work with Evixa. You know, uh, they'll still be doing stuff for Evixa from time to time. Uh, so, you know, we're not looking at just because we took, you know, points. Yes. Um, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, we're, we're not being nice guys about it. No, we're all a team. We're all trying to work together. Um, the situation presented itself where it was time for a move for him. And here's a yeah. diff different, you know, atmosphere. And uh, I'm excited. Like, I, I think that, like, I'm excited to see what training's going to come out of it. You know, but, oh, yeah, but like, so like there's, there's so much uh, of networking that I know, but like, Marcus is a genius, like, you know, I, I, <laughs> when it comes to the networking. He knows stuff, so. Yeah. And I got another person who finally speaks in the booth other than me. I know. So yeah. I'm enjoying that. It gives my voice a rest. Uh, oh, I know. Rest. Well, this, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to finalize with the, this question. Is A-V-I-T? Is I-T-A-B? Are we, are we all one? Or is A-V separate to I-T? You know, it's funny. I've seen this debate for a long time. Yeah, you have. So have I. And uh, I'll give you the actual answer of what I believe. At the end of the day, an AV integrator should be the person dealing with the AV over IP and the network specific to it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't like it when the end users have the equipment on their network because when it comes time to troubleshoot it, you can't get access to it. you got to rely on the fact that they set everything up right and the liability starts to split itself up. Mm -hmm. you got to let AV integrators do what they do. Yes. They're there to not only sell the equipment, they're there to support the equipment and make sure the system works as a whole. When you start breaking it apart and saying, no, I'll, I'll supply the screen, I'll supply the network switch, I'll do this, it's going to go on my network, that starts to make it more difficult for them to do the job and makes it more difficult to support. you got to let them do their job. you got to let them make their money. Sorry, but they, do, they have to make mm -hmm. money. It comes with the territory, but they're giving a value for what they're doing. And that value is your sanity, is really what yes. it comes down to. So no, I, I like it when they buy the switch from the integrator. The integrator is now liable for that switch. Doesn't mean you can't put it on your network, but let them be liable for it. And then plug it into your network, and now you're in control of what comes across that bridge. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hard plug in and shut it down because you think something bad's going on, well, go ahead and do it. So long as it's still operable. As long as it's still operable, but when it fails, at the end of the day, you're going to be calling, you're going to be blaming somebody. So if you're going to blame the integrator and say, this product's not working, fix it, you've got to give them the ability to easily fix it. And that means they need full access to the network switch. Yes. So yes, I think it has to be in the AV. I could have this debate for a few, quite a few more minutes on this and give you other points of why, but I don't want to eat up all your memory on no, this. No, 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 please do. But, but at the end of the day, no, it, it's, it's really that simple. Liability is in one place. I, I, look, e even when you talk about, oh, standards and things like this, which I love, people are always arguing the whole standards thing. Yeah. So, and this wraps up into it. Oh, I want to use a standard because I could have interoperability with this and this, and I can plug this in. Yes, that is true to some degree. But think of it this way. You're installing a system. You use my transmitter for HD-based T. Mm -hmm. Now you put in a projector has an HD-based T built into it. And this is not picking on HD-based T. This could apply to anything. Yes, yeah. It's just the fact that there's two different brands. Now, for whatever reason, it doesn't work together. Why? Who do you, who do you yeah. blame? Yeah. Who, who, is it the projector or is it my piece of equipment? 
Now, my equipment just happens to work with a hundred other brands. But isn't that the importance of, of standards that we do have? It doesn't always work out that yeah, way. Yeah, it doesn't. You no. know the reality. There's yeah. a reality, but this is about liability. Yes. So think about it. Is it the projector fault or is it my fault? Now, I could say mine worked with a hundred other products. I don't know. And then they could do the same thing. Well, mine works with a hundred other products, but for whatever reason, they just don't want to cooperate. Let's yes. just say. You know who gets blamed? Take a wild guess. The technician. No, the person who answers the phone. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, That's yeah. who gets blamed. Yeah. So if we answer the phone and we're helping them and the other company didn't help them, we become the problem. We become the one who has to fix it somehow. Yeah. The person who has the phone doesn't seem fair, but it's the way it actually yes, yes. goes down. But here's the thing. When you start to use the same brand for the most part within the infrastructure, I get to guarantee the endpoints. When it doesn't work, I can replicate it in my facility. I can see the ins and outs or I can verify that it has worked in yes. that capacity. What really matters is infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Infrastructure is the key to the kingdom. Peripherals come and go on the endpoints. Standards are neither here nor there. I know there's the argument between proprietary and standards, but when you actually look at it, what is a standard but a popularity contest? Yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, does it work for your application or does it not? But infrastructures, those are hard to repull cable. You look at what you want to identify, how long you want to expand, keep enough bandwidth for the infrastructure you're putting into play, and that can last you decades. Mm -hmm. Typical equipment, five to 10 years. Yes. So really, if you think about it, where do you put your money? Infrastructure. Yes. Other than that, where is your future proofing? There is no such thing. Well, how, how, on that note, Paul, how important is your after sales with our, like, someone buys your product, you know, you're talking about the phone lines, you're talking about support. Have you got a big support team? Uh, we, we, you know, look, like any other company, we try hard. Yeah. We, yes, we have a lot of people who want to support. At times, we get on the phone and all the phones are blown out. It happens at times. You get that right perfect storm where everybody wants to call on the same yeah, day. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, it's, no it's like the end of, end of term or something oh like God. that. I, we just had a few weeks ago, we had a situation where we had, like, Monday was great Tuesday was hardly anything also on Wednesday like everybody and their mother was calling us yes, yes. it's like hello is my son there no I mean but really everybody was calling us and everybody's picking up phones that can and then finally got to the point where it was just like and it wasn't just about tech support it was sales it was everything yeah. everybody's chipping in but it's like anything else you can only have so many people you can't have people sitting around doing nothing, nothing. either but yeah. sometimes you get that but what we tell people is look if you're really in a pinch call the operator somebody will track somebody down one way or the other and they will get back to you we are working on updating our websites we're putting in live chats on our websites nice the whole point of chuck and marcus is to make a lot of videos a lot of documentation so you don't have to contact yes. us so that you can find your answer on the knowledge base and go up there type in some simple things and it's already got the answer for you because a lot of it it's just the same thing asked over yeah. and over again but sometimes I find and I won't name your, all your competitors but sometimes I find with your competitors it's like a Masonic type of approach to try and find the answer to a simple troubleshooting problem you have to you have to log in are you a member of this site yeah um you, you know, for that, for the support, you do have to submit a ticket. Um, you don't have to necessarily log in. It, it makes it easier, but no, you just apply a ticket and it goes yeah. into the system and then it might get elevated. Uh, believe it or not, I get a lot of the tickets myself and if I can chime in, I'll, I'll the answer. CEO answers tickets. There hey, we go. You do I like that. Do. Yeah. You know what? One of the things, uh, you know, people, I, I get that comment like, oh, you're, you're too involved as a CEO. You should be more low key. It's not so much, you know, some people say, oh, it makes you look like a smaller company. No, we're, we're no. a decent sized company. The reason why I do it is because I'm not just a CEO 
I'm an engineer, I'm a CTO. Yes. When I talk to the integrators, to the end users, where do you think I get my ideas from? Where do you exactly. think I, I, I got to learn what the problems are to solve the problems? So like, for example, when we had that call, I was finding out things that we, we if we would have had them in the debugging of our system, we could have solved it that much quicker. Yes. So you know what I did? I told my software engineers, stop writing new features. I want this, this, and this done. So this way, if this ever happens again, we can quickly identify where the problem came from. Yes. So that way, we don't have to waste a lot of people's time and it makes for a better experience. Sometimes having a new cool feature like, like a quad viewing or whatever that wasn't existing on a product before versus having it tell you what's going on yes. is worth more in the long run than having that cool little feature. So that's what I'm doing right now on some of our AV over IP products is uh, we're going to auto-identify when there's certain combinations that you know there's going to be no compatibility and make them understand why there's no compatibility. And that's the key thing, explaining why. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't just throw up an error message. No, like I'll give you a perfect example. That's a big problem. A lot of people are like, uh, especially the schools and stuff, are updating their systems, but they leave behind the projector. Well, a lot of the projectors that are still out there are HDCP 1.4. Yes. So what happens when a brand new system, brand new 4K screens, they all have HDCP 2.2. Yeah. You plug in your Apple laptop, it negotiates a 2.2. Now you route it to your projector that does 1.4. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to just crash. It's not going to work. Yeah. So how do you know that? How do you know that that's the reason that it happened? All you see is no image on the screen. I need to tell you that's why it's happening. Yeah. Hello, you got 2.2, 1.4, not going to happen. Yeah. So that's one of the new things we're throwing in there. It sounds simple, but a lot of people don't do that. And it's very so you just wonder why is it not working? Oh, maybe I got to do this, maybe I got to do that. No, no. Your, your HTCP is not compatible. It's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, that's it. being recorded right now. Okay. I'm talking to somebody over here too. Yes. Yeah, we're doing that. You have an appointment right now. We have oh, an yeah, appointment. On that note, thank you so much, Paul. It's thank great you. to have you on All Things Techie. I, I've been dismissed from this. See how that works? See that, 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 even, that. even I got on the ball. That was that was day one at ISE 2023, and my thanks again also to Epifan and what an amazing dinner we had. Day two at ISE, um, I was told that we could get in at 8 a.m. and uh, woke up early after, like, don't forget, I was in Dublin Airport at 4 a.m., got into Barcelona at 12 uh, p.m., uh, and uh, then out for dinner and then back to the hotel it's hitting about half 11 when i got back to the hotel uh, amazing hotel as well what an amazing hotel um and got up the next morning straight into the fira at 8 a.m because press and media get in early before the crowds uh, that usually arrive at around 10 a.m i was to do an early morning breakfast show and then found out another little technical difficulty the podcast booth was locked and uh, why was the podcast booth locked because they needed a sound engineer and video engineer on the other side of the booth which i didn't know at the time oops so i uh, had to do the podcast outside of the booth so uh, this was what we did so I, i'm i'm making do with my own tech as well so uh, on on instagram and on twitter youtube um, and uh, also, the video will be on the All Things Techie podcast afterwards. So what am I doing this morning? Well, it's Wednesday, so this is where things actually peak up. 
it's so cool being actually inside the FIRA before anyone actually arrives because it gives me an, a good idea of where everyone everything is and uh, what, what I can do um, um, before I get my bearings. Yeah, I'm still getting my bearings. This is a slightly different to uh, the Rye um, in Amsterdam, but it is still massive. Um, it is a couple of hangars, airport hangars uh, going on here, um, but so much better. The boots are so much spread out, uh, so loads of room for for people to go and see things without falling over each other, which I found it was really busy the last time uh, we were at the Rye. Uh, good night last night. Um, arriving at, I had an early morning yesterday as well, uh, 4 30 a.m. Dublin Airport into Barcelona, dropped off my bag, got into the Fura at about 12 o'clock. And um, yeah, missed the opening ceremony with the King, which was fantastic. The King of Spain opened um, the, the whole ceremony for IFE 2023 with Mike Blackman. Um, I did do a show with Chris Nito yesterday at the uh, Avion Air booth, and then I had some technical problems with audio. So we will be doing that again. Don't worry about that. We will be doing that on the All Things Techie podcast again, and uh, looking forward to doing that. Um, coming up, uh, I'm going to be meeting with D10 um, in about half an hour, 45 minutes time uh, to find out what the latest is with D10. Uh, we have interviews with Sony. Uh, we're going to meet with you all at 10 to 10.30. You might have heard the pre uh, IFE podcast I did with you all um, about a week ago now. Yes, it's actually this day last week I did that. Um, also going to be talking to Canon. Um, I really want to st stop by the Panasonic uh, boots because they have a robotic uh, broadcast camera and that looks really, really cool uh, to, to see. And Mike Blackman was doing a, an interview there last night. Want to do a big shout out to Epifan, uh, who brought me out for dinner last night. Guys, great company, great hospitality. Really loved uh, uh, the company and the food was unbelievable. The best steak I've ever had in my life. So uh, thank you for your hospitality. Really big shout out to Epifan there. And uh, Control Room Summit, that's coming up at 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to go to the conference uh, and have a look at that as well. And um, then we have to, I have to meet QSIS uh, for an interview. Uh, Biamp as well. Uh, we'll be doing some stuff over at Biamp. Uh, at 3 to 4 p.m. is the EdTech Summit, and I, I look forward to doing that. And uh, Disguise interview, yes, at 4.30 p.m. today. Uh, 3D immersive uh, studios, really looking forward to that. Do tweet me at, at abtechjunkies if there's anything you want me to cover, and I will do that and uh, hopefully do a lot of uh, reports throughout the day. So do keep an eye on the All Things Techie podcast website and uh, also on Twitter and on our YouTube feed as well. There'll be live feeds throughout the day. Um, how I do it is I have to come back and get internet connection at the influencer booth here. So uh, that's why I'm sitting here and uh, looking at two cameras because this one is my own mobile phone and this one's my laptop. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, thank From that straight over to the to view all. Now we did uh, interview view all in one of the early episodes, episode 61 or 62 of the All Things Techie podcast. You'll have to look back to see which one it was. And uh, 
but it was great to actually see the actual products right there and there in um ISE 2023. Have a listen. At the VU All, um, we did some pre records here. Now we're at ISE for 2023, um, joined by Fidel, uh, who's going to guide me through what is VU All. So we're here at ISE 2023 in Hall 5. Uh, we're showing uh, typically our video wall control processors with our TRX centralized management software. So as uh, you guys know, TRX is a centralized management software that manages all your devices and uh, destinations in a facility. So whether they're devices such as sources or devices that are connected to screens. So with an easy drag and drop operation in our TRX centralized management software, we can get uh, basically manage all the, all the sources. We don't manage the content, but we manage the routing across all your, all your facilities, whether it's AV over IP encoders, KVM, or uh, video walls. Here at ISC, what we're showing is a three by two video wall that's being driven by two PAC40 nodes. Each PAC40 node is able to do four outputs, but in, today at ISC, they're actually doing each three outputs. The top row being done by one PAC40, the second row done by the second PAC40. And we also have a personal video wall being driven by an, another PAC40 as well. And what we're showing today is the ability to use the keyboard and mouse to take control of the sources that are being decoded by the pack. So you can work directly on the source that you are decoding and displaying. But at the same time, you can take your keyboard and mouse and go to the video wall at the top. And now you can manage the sources directly on the larger surface. So you can imagine a scenario where you have multiple operators each working on their personal video walls on their own specific sources that they want to bring in. But at the same time, you can have some collaboration happening on the larger surface, the bigger video wall in the room. So it's really, we're bringing the control of the keyboard and mouse, the control of sources into TRX and then into our ecosystem to enable ease of use and collaboration within the control room environment. Uh, other than that, we of course have our uh, view wall control view touch panel. So this is a control panel that you can again design through our TRX centralized management software. We have a module called the control panel designer that allows you to create buttons, associate certain buttons to colors and associate them to scripts and events to enable, for example, the, the change of layouts very quickly on the video wall. As you see here, I can click buttons and you can see the effect of transitioning happening very, very fluidly on very the fluid. Yeah. Very fluid. Where are you taking the streams from today? So the streams are coming from various encoders, whether they're view, view wall, view stream encoders, standard IP cameras. Uh, they can be, for example, third-party encoders as well, software encoding. Because I'm just looking at your, your, your traffic cams and it looks very cold over there. Yeah, this is uh, footage from uh, from Germany where we actually have an office uh, in Stuttgart. Uh, we, of course, also have an office in Canada, so some of those footages are from there. But we're also taking some uh, some dashboards, some websites uh, that are running on a, on a server to make that effect uh, of, of having a, a you know, simulating view, uh, video wall control room. It, it's very fluid, yeah. very fluid on the touch panel. Uh, operator workstation where we're again showing the control of the keyboard and mouse control of your sources directly on the operator workstation. But here right behind me, what we're showing is actually the 
AV management of SDVOE technology. So at ISC, we have five Viewstream 550 encoders. Four of them are being uh, configured as an encoder. One of them is being used as a decoder that's connected to Samsung, the wall LED display. So the four uh, Viewstream encoders, they're actually streaming uh, resolutions up to 4K 6444. So for those who don't know, you use SDVOE technology typically for environments or situations, use cases where you want very, very, very high quality and you want zero latency. So in here we see, for example, the quality that you see on the display. So this is being streamed and decoded and displayed by a Viewstream 550. And I'm gonna switch, for example, again, using the control panel, we can switch very fluidly. Very seamlessly and switching from different sources. Or for example, what we're showing at ISC is through our TRX software, we could now enable through our centralized management software the ability to have multi-view effect yeah. through our SDVOE encoders and decoders. Multi-view, what it does is it allows you to bring in multiple SDVOE sources and decode them and virtualize and display them on one single display. So typically in video walls, you stretch content, that's video wall mode, stretch content across multiple decoders, which we are able to do as well. But multi-view is also something special where you can bring in multiple sources on one single canvas. And what's very, very neat about the TRX centralized management software again, is that you can drag and drop very easily different SDVOE sources. And we only show you the area or the interoperability, the area where you can drop them. So for example, the software will detect that an SDVOE source can only end up on an SDVOE destination and will gray out destinations where you can't uh, do that drag and drop. However, for other types of streams like H.264, VNC, etc., it would let me drop it on the pack surface. But the same centralized management software, the same user interface is allowing you to manage everything in your facility, all the different brands and models and standards and protocols all within one single interface. So that's really the, the neat part about uh, about our product and that's what we're showing here at ISC. I just want to show you a few hardware. So part of the demo we said was driven by the Pack 40 mm -hmm. So this is our Pack 40 here device. And this device can go up to four outputs from a single uh, single appliance. So you can drive up to, uh, to four HD outputs or one 4K60 output from one single device. This pack can work as a standalone device or can be combined together to form an unlimited large surface as well. Yeah, the wall is just super. I, yeah. I love the wall. Love, I love how clear the streams are. No, 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 no lag. Comes no straight in from Germany. With high performance, very, very, very good uh, product, and easy to configure and easy to use. That's the beauty of it. And for more information on VU Wall, where do we go? So viewwall.com. V U W A L L dot com. With everything getting a bit thrown around um, at, on Wednesday morning and my schedule got pretty much going out the window a bit, um, I actually didn't get over to the Sony booth for their press show and Sony is showcase, was showcasing its latest range of audiovisual products and solutions at ISE 2023, which created a connected experience for its customers. The large portfolio products on display at the show included Sony's latest crystal LED 220 inch display and the newly announced SRG A40 and SRG A12 4K 
Pantelzoo Cameras both making their debut. Uh, Basin Hall 3 Boot e- 3E400. Sony was inviting visitors to speak to its industry experts uh, with the corporate education, retail and residential sectors and explore the benefits of Sony's partnership. We will be catching up with Sony at a later stage to hear about their products. My apologies to the PR team for not being able to get over to, to Sony all week because my schedule was absolutely chock-a-block. Um, going from the VU wall, I actually met up with Canon and Canon had a lot of new features. Uh, one of them being a software tracking on their new cameras. Have a listen to this. We're at the Canon booth, fantastic booth. It's all VR, it's all uh, TV studios, expanding the possibilities of creation for your business with Canon PTZ solutions. Um, very interactive. I'm Matthew Koshi, Product Marketing Specialist for Canon Europe, and welcome to IEC 2023. Um, so we've got lots of exciting things this year at IEC. I think the main focus for us is more focused around solutions and systems this year. So specifically, we've got a system about education this year and how our cameras and software can help solve a real issue with regards to hybrid learning at the moment because that's a, a big pain point of universities figuring out how to deliver lectures that are not just fully remote and not just fully face-to-face but also how they can capture this content um, without kind of any issues with teachers not being trained in technical equipment so last week we actually announced our own auto tracking technology and we've got this set up here at ISE so we've got our CRN 700 PTZ camera which is built in with uh, one inch sensor 15 times optical zoom which you can even stretch to 30 times in full HD and also has uh, the auto tracking application built in as well so this auto tracking application as you can see on the screen is um, essentially looking for somebody in a priority area and once it identifies somebody it will track them completely um, you can adjust a variety of settings like their display size, the tracking sensitivity. So depending on how quick or slow the subject's walking, you can adjust all those kind of settings. And depending on the kind of shot I want, I can make the display size or the composition of themselves either very close up or quite a, a long shot as well. Um, this is mainly focused at education, but we can see lots of use cases for this. Corporate, houses of worship, live events would really benefit from this. But also considering this is our flagship PTZ camera, the ball industry could also potentially benefit from this solution as well. The, the good thing about this is we have our proprietary dual pixel CMOS autofocus, which is similar technology you'll find in some of our Cinema EOS cameras and some of our X-Series camcorders. So that quick and accurate autofocus really helps the tracking. So when you are having quick movements or even slow movements, you can ensure that whatever you want to capture is still really quickly in focus. VR has been a big focus for us at ISC for well over a year now. We debuted it first in 2022 last year, but what we wanted to show is a, a whole system. Again, we're going for a very system-based approach. So we have a dual fisheye lens and 8K cinema cameras. So um, we have the, co- the the capability to capture this content in VR, and we can capture it in very high quality. We've got cameras like the R5 and the R5C, which is capable of 8K recording, and we've got our dual 
fisheye lens which can help create that VR experience. But this year at IC, what we did, we partnered up with Lenovo and Vario, who have provided us with a PC and a headset respectively. And essentially we're able to complete the full workflow. So we're not just talking about content acquisition, we're talking about once you've created this content in VR, how can you actually process it and display it? So this is what we're showing here at IC as well. I really like the new uh, software. No. I think that's going to be big yes, in, yes, in yes, education yes. for us. And right, um, the fact that it, even when you're doing live events, it's taking away the operator exactly. that you can actually exactly. use it. Yeah. Uh, when is that on the market? When's that going to be released? So it's we've we've announced it. We're expecting that to be available um, at the end of Q1 okay. on the CRM for, on the CRM 700 roughly that time. Uh, end of Q1 slash beginning of April roughly that time. We'll see it available in the market. Thank you so much for joining us. No Thanks a lot. Thanks. I appreciate it. At the end of the day, there's loads of cocktail parties going on. It's 4.30 in the day. I've been up since 7 in uh, the Fira at 8. Uh, my throat is dying. I am tired from talking and tired from doing interviews. So uh, this is the last one of the day. And then there's a couple of parties. So I'll see how I get on. Um, but definitely have to get back to the hotel and have a bit of a clean up as well. But we're at the Disguise uh, booth and we're going to do an interview with Disguise. So Jack, thank you for joining us on All Things Techie uh, at the Disguise booth. Uh, tell us a bit about Disguise. So Disguise was born about 23 years ago at our live events. Um, and we've taken that technology today to be in an XR environment, which is what you're seeing behind me. Um, we still do live events, that's our bread and butter, but we have uh, LBX, we have Cloud, we have Broadcast and uh, VP and XR. So we're bringing it all together today on this booth at ISE. What I love as well is the fact that like, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, of VR with goggles, but like this is just phenomenal. As soon as you put it in front of a camera, it just looks unbelievable. So, tell, talk me through some of the tech behind this. Sure. So we have a lot of tech here. We have an Arri camera and Arri lights. Okay. We have Encam tracking system. We have Rowy LED, which is a BP2 V2. And we have an iPad which is controlling the whole environment as well. But Disguise sits at the heart of it. So we have two VX4 Pluses behind this large LED wall. We have four RX nodes which are rendering Notch and Unreal 5. And then Disguise is bringing this all together. We do multiple calibrations to make sure this is a seamless merge between the physical world and the virtual world. And then the camera movement allows you to explore as much of that as you want. It acts as if it's in the real world, but it's in the I virtual world. I can see world. your background change as the camera comes down at the moment which is absolutely phenomenal and it's, it's seamless yeah um, like so this the build for graphic design how, how difficult is it to, to, to make something like this? So this was made by one of our um, partners in Meptic. We now uh, are officially part of the Disguise company. Um, and it took them uh, about two weeks to make it all. Uh, and they're actually three separate worlds combined into one. So we start in different areas of the tube and we go through, we explain certain areas of Disguise. We end up in a VP world, which is our spaceship, where we can change the colors of the moons. And that also reflects in the lighting around us. 
Where, where do you see this most used then? Uh, apart from gaming, of course, but where, where do you see this most used? We see so many different verticals. So we see this used in virtual production for your films, for your Netflix. We see it a lot now in broadcast as well and creeping into live events as well. So they can render it in Notch, Unreal, Unity, or even Touch Designer. So there's a lot of different verticals used at the same time. Talk me through the camera that's around here. I'm going to spin around. Yes. So this is an Arri Mini LF with a huge um, Arri Aluma Zoom 1880 lens on it. Very expensive kit and setup. It's sitting on an equipment jib um, and it's weighted perfectly so that you get a very weightless motion when you move it around, um, allowing for the tracking to work all together very happily. And we allow customers to come up and touch it and move it around. We're not afraid for let people touch and take photos. It's all part of the experience. And how much does a camera operator need to know? Like, is, is it behind the scenes? Is the video just doing what it's told as soon as the camera Yeah, exactly. Operates? So the, all the hard work is done within disguise. So the camera operator can come in and act like he would in a normal, uh, natural environment, whether he was outside, but he can act like he is in the real world, but he's in the virtual world. This is the virtual world, but like, you talk about different scenes. How good is it from swapping audio scenes to different... Very, very quickly. That's the yeah. great power of disguise. We can actually go from video to Unreal to Notch to Unity very, very quickly. We can build up a layer in our timeline, which allows us to render this content instantaneously. And we obviously have real-time engines. That's very easy for disguise to do. And we can switch environment at a click of a button, which is what we do with our iPad on this stage. I love to say, uh, I'm putting on the spot, case studies. What, what's been your favorite to do with disguise and doing this type of... Um, you are putting me on the spot. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a lot of case studies, like especially Orca Studios here in uh, Spain and Momo's. They're using their uh, same integration that you're seeing here. Lots going on. Uh, lots in the UK and in America as well. The Turner Studios, they're doing a nice ice hockey integration as well. We're seeing it more and more. And the great thing about our uh, demos every hour on the hour is that we get a showreel of two minutes so you get to see the entire integrations of what we've done since we've been established. Okay, let's have a walk around the booth and you can show me some sure. things. So over here we have our broadcast pods and this is showing our port integration. So this is linking directly into Unreal 5. So this allows you to preview what's potentially coming up next on your LED volume. So I can click here and I can see that my next uh, upcoming scene is this disguise scene with a basketball animation on it. But this is what it establishes as the broadcast world, makes it very easy because people want that confirmation, they know what they're going to get next, and they will go on to see their stats before they're actually released to yes. the environment. So we can remove this uh, basketball scene from the output. So I know when I go next, I'm going to see my Polygon Labs, my Disguise logo. I can even change virtual camera positions if I want to. So I can come here, like I said, actually, let's, what's, what's he going to see from camera two's virtual position? So you get that clarity and confidence that you can use this. And when you go next to your scene, you've got that confidence straight to output. That's incredible. What what size videos must be going through this whole system? So this is actually directly with um, uh, Unreal. So there's no videos involved at the minute. Okay. Um, but we not, uh, Disguise is very good at playing back video as well. So not Chelsea, all sorts of, um, we use HAP, HAPQ, uh, 4K, high resolution videos. Disguise doesn't have a problem with playing it back. 
this is our notch interactive table. So you can see here as I touch the screen, we can make particles move and explode and be more uh, attracted to my finger as we go about. The great thing about this is it's also multi-touch, so I can put all four fingers on here. And this is great for kind of educational purposes, yep. interactive purposes, and all sorts of verticals, because uh, this could be data. And you can think of the minority report when he's flying things about, integration with data, very good in that sense. And this is running on our latest GX3 um, chassis. Uh, it's very responsive. Very responsive, exactly. Uh, getting that instant reaction in real time again. Thank you so much, Jack, for, for showing us around. Uh, if people want to find more about the booth, what, what, where should they contact it? Uh, so you can find us at Disguise the One on the web, or we're currently at uh, 5J300 at ISC 2023. Well, I won't lie, listeners, on Wednesday, after being up so early and still uh, having the drags of not getting much sleep from the day before being flying into Barcelona. My hotel room the first night, even though it's a nice hotel, was very cold. Uh, I think I didn't set the air conditioning correctly. My fault, maybe. Uh, but with that in mind, I knew that there was... It, Wednesday is the peak of ISE. It always is the peak of Integrated Systems Europe, where you had... Crestfest from Crestron. You had the Peerless AV uh, conference, and I was going out for dinner with no other than uh, the director of Biamp, which was absolutely an amazing meal as well. And great company, and thank you uh, for the invite. So from there, we went to the Peerless party, and uh, I have to admit that was a late night. So I'm so grateful that I got a couple of hours rest back at the hotel before going out to the Peerless AV party, which went on till about 3 a.m. Whoops. Uh, so from the Peerless party uh, next morning, a bit of an ease back into the swing of things. Uh, but I thought I was going to do the Higher Ed AV Media podcast or the Across the Ponds podcast with no other than my co-host Joe Way and... Uh, Joe was sick. Not from not from being out late, but he picked up some type of um, infection and he had to go to the chemist. Didn't get in until nearly 12pm. Uh, so thankfully Joe was okay. So I have to say on Thursday I had more time to actually ex tour around a lot of the boots uh, between Vior that was in uh, the Internet of Things World uh, Conference. Uh, that was in booth six i believe and then uh, oh sorry that was in its own exhibition hall and also went into booth six and seven there, there's some great clips of delorean uh cars here in the internet uh of teens world conference uh didn't get into the car didn't have a chance there was a bit of a queue uh but pretty cool back to the future car uh really like that also as i walked around the boots uh seen a bit of hologram uh a bit of uh, a bit of Yeztech and the LG XOR Studio. I, I I have to say, out of all the boots between the Skies and some of the XOR, I really loved LG and their the XOR area. Um, also went into the Education Summit um, during the week. 
didn't get to stay long. It was a packed room, which says a lot about the Educational Summit and higher ed AV being a crucial part of ISE. And as you can see, the camera from LG XOR Studio, I really loved the, the camera at LG's uh, and what they were doing. Hypervision, I tried to take a clip of Hypervision, but as I remember from even seeing Hypervision for the first time in Amsterdam, those crosshairs are spinning so quickly that when you're trying to record it on a video, it doesn't do justice to what you're seeing with the, with the naked eye. Podcast, uh, day three. Is it three? Yes, it is day three. We're, we're losing track of days. Day, day three of ISE 2023. Oh, is it 2023? Like, uh, it is. It is 2023. Yeah. Uh, well, we're at Display Note. Yeah. Uh, Ed, thank you for. Thank uh, you, Justin. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the great thing is, we have to go to Barcelona to meet a guy from Belfast. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and touch uh, based on Irish roots and everything. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Spend a, I think we spent the first. And who we know, yeah. So, Ed, what have we got here at Display Note today? Uh, we've got a couple of things, Justin. We, as a company, we're all into we're about collaboration software, screencasting software. How do we share information in a, in a, in a, in a way that's quick and efficient? So, we've got a number of things that we're showing up at the show. So, uh, at ISE, we're showing a number of products. Uh, front and center is our launcher product. Launch is designed for hybrid meeting spaces. Really, it allows someone to come into a meeting room like this mm -hmm. and uh, to launch their calls, whether that's a Zoom call or a Teams call, WebEx call, with a touch of a button. Wow. So launcher acts as a, think of it as like a home screen for your meeting space. Yes. You don't have to think about, do I need to sign in and sign out and connect people? We'll simply start your call. You just invite launcher to the room like, like you normally would and we will... We will do the rest. It also acts as a place for quick access to your favorite apps. Mm -hmm. So again, you're not looking for those things. Uh, the IT administrator would simply say, look, I'm going to put these four or five apps here, your whiteboard app, your wireless casting app, whatever it is you decide, and I'm going to make it easy for um, for you guys to, to, to interact with. It comes with a really cool um, companion application for your phone. Which means when you walk into a shared meeting room, you know, meeting rooms now are multi-purpose, multifunctional. It means when I, uh, once I sign in, I will be able to use the app to discover what screens and what rooms are nearby. So when I do that, it'll take a look. It's going to connect me to the OMO room. Mm -hmm. That means this shared screen is now my personal screen for a temporary period of time. I've got access okay. to OneDrive as I need it. I've got access to my personal calendar either here or actually here so I can simply go to the call and I can launch that and it'll just pop on the screen. I don't really have to yes. interact with the display as such. I just need to sit down, launch the call and away we go. And once I leave, that disconnects me and it turns the screen back to the nice. way it was. Nice. What we're also showing is our, our wireless casting software uh, display note. I don't know if you know this or not. No. We're probably one of the uh, market leaders when it comes to wireless casting software in displays. So we work with a lot of the great brands out there, uh, like Newline and like Dell, uh, including putting wireless casting into their into their displays so that when you're in a classroom, in a meeting room, you simply take what's on your device and cast it to the front. So that's... Um, 
what we're showing here as well. And what I really want to show you is a piece of software they haven't even released yet. So oh, exclusive. Exclusive. Uh, doesn't even have a name yet. So uh, this is, again, a piece of software and it's designed for wireless conferencing. So it means when you go into a meeting room or into any room, you can start your Teams call or your Zoom call or your WebEx call as normal. What we're doing then is taking what's on that laptop and we're going to connect it to the things in the room, be it a screen, be it a camera, be it a mic. Nice. Okay. And we're going to do that totally wirelessly, totally virtually. So if I connect to this display and let's just start our meeting as we always would. And that's starting to pull in camera as well so it's not even uh, it's not even connected so we're doing that all all virtually so bear with me a second so let's just start the call so this is me starting a team's call like I normally would anyway mm -hmm. like anyone normally does and you can see the latency on how quick that is yeah so when you've got someone on the other end that's how quick they will see that call what we can also do is then take what's called I'm I could also share it to a display, whether that's an Android-based display or a Windows-based display. That's very cool. And we're doing that all pure software. No, no need for additional hardware. No need for buying expensive boxes. If you've got a display in the room that's got Android or Windows or an OPS or a Nook, or if you've got a camera with any sort of operating system, you can put this piece of software on that. In fact, if you've got a camera that's just USB and it's connected to a display, we'll start to pick that up as well. All software-based. All software-based. The most important thing is for anyone that's coming into a room, the experience for them is just start their Teams call as normal and just select what they want to do. And that can, can that work on any camera then? That'll work on any camera. And the camera. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, if you could, I guess, two classes of camera, one that are just one with an operating system, mm -hmm. so you could put the software on the operating system, any camera. That's a game changer. Any camera will, will get picked up as well. So Yeah. When's this going to be released? Well, I think we're looking at, at Q2. Really where we're using the, this show, Justin, is to take it out of the garage for the first time, mm -hmm. get feedback from analysts, from people like yourselves, from end users, from manufacturers. Like, you know, what do you, what do you think of this? And so far, the feedback has been really, really great. Like, asking questions like yourself, when can I get it? Yeah. Wow. That, I, I have to say that is a bit of a game changer, yeah. um, especially in, in the higher ed end of things, or yeah. even, even the fact of running cables. Running cables, so that USB is just virtual now. So yes. uh, you're not looking for a cable. You're not playing that one. No latency. Um, is it is it a license driven? Um, looking so at a license driven. Whether um, that's probably going to be looking at. I guess a couple of methods. One on a room basis, maybe one on a user basis. So we're still working through how we how we you know get this to market. How, how users can can get it um, using our track history with working with. Uh, manufacturers and OEM partners I'd imagine you'll see this on, on, on devices as well like Android cameras and different screens yeah I'd say a lot of people are going to ask where, when we can get this so well, we've had a, lot of, a lot of visitors to the booth especially camera manufacturers saying okay when when, and how can we get this into, into, into their system yeah that is very cool and I guess then um, the fact that you can put that on anyone's computer as well is, is massive absolutely yeah. yes yeah. Absolutely, yeah. If people want to find out more about Display Note, where do they go? You can go to a number of places. You can go to the website. Apart from ISC, of course. Uh, apart from ISC, uh, I guess by the time you're watching this video, it's over. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you'll see it, you maybe have a day left. You can go to DisplayNote.com. 
you can search for us on Twitter uh, at Display Note, at Display Note Tech on Instagram, and if you search for Display Note on LinkedIn, you will find us. And of course, you're up in Belfast, up so, in Belfast, so uh, I'm going so to I'm going to take a tour in, in the area. You're absolutely welcome to call up that evening, Thursday evening after. Uh, the Higher Ed AV Media Group did a happy hour. It's Thursday. I knew I was flying home the next day. We had a VIP tour of the Lums Festival. Um, and Mike Blackman gave us some statistics of how many people went through the doors at ISE during the week. Uh, the first message is uh, feeling. We are very, very happy uh, to have the chance to welcome you all here in person finally. Uh, and, and I'm, glad, I'm uh, glad this happens in this very building, the Mediatek building, which is a main uh, hotspot of the audiovisual industry in our city. Let me start by thanking Mike Blackman uh, and all organizers um, for trusting Barcelona to host Integrated Systems Europe, Europe uh, once again and in full swing for the first time after the pandemic. And of course, thanks to all of you uh, for coming all the way from your home, from your home cities to Barcelona, to share your solutions, your projects, your organizations with us all. The audiovisual industry in our city is one of the most dynamic ones. Just two figures. This is not one. (laughs) Just two figures. It is home to almost 60% of the sector's overall employees in Catalonia. And over half of the companies and organizations of the industry in Barcelona were set up after 2011. So they are young. And this means very good news. It means that we've got an up-to-date, modern and growing audiovisual sector, as I'm sure you have had the opportunity to see firsthand these days. In this context, ISE means a lot to Barcelona as for city. It is both a recognition and a boost for Barcelona's capacities to become a hub for frontline industries. And it is also a key moment for our cities, for our city to develop and attract new talent, companies and projects. And I want to be very clear, what ISE represents is what we want and need for Barcelona a re-industrialization of the city that fosters quality jobs and initiatives at the intersection of culture, digital innovation, and sustainability. So with that being said, I hope you are not only working hard these days, I know that you are, um, but also having fun and taking advantage of everything Barcelona has to offer. The food, the architecture, the local shops, and its people. Please consider it your home, as I said the other day. Thanks again for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy the light festival that is also taking, play, uh, play, um, uh, taking place these days, and which you'll have the opportunity uh, to, to experience today after this reception. Uh, thanks also. Uh, to the sponsorship of IBC. So thank you very much and please welcome to Barcelona. So, just one thing, Maya didn't introduce herself. Uh, I know people in Barcelona know who she is, but for my community, the AD industry, Maya Bonet is the Deputy Mayor of Barcelona. Um, 
We have Javier Marseille here, also who's the councillor for Creative Industries. Uh, we are getting tremendous support from this city, um, and we really appreciate it. Please also, uh, I'd like to recognise my board and uh, senior management team here, one is missing somewhere, um, who really are, everyone sees Mike Blackman, but these people are behind me. I have a team uh, who are doing all the work to actually make ISE happen and bring this successful event to this city. Thank you all for all the support you've given us. Um, we are also very, very happy to be supporting the Jung Festival. When we came to Barcelona, we discovered that Jung was taking place almost on top of the show and finding creative people who are using audiovisual technology to create art uh, around the city. We said, we have to cooperate. So we're happy to be supporting it. Just some, your, those of you who have been there are seeing how successful ISE is. It is going beyond our expectations for this year and we hope to build it much, much bigger. Give you some numbers. On Tuesday, we had over 33,000 people in the building. And this is a record for a first day attendance at any of our ISE exhibitions. We had yesterday over 40,000 people in the building. And again, another record for a second day of ISE. The footprint of ISE with almost 57,000 net square meters of space is also a record. It's the largest ISE ever. So Barcelona, I think you've proved you're the right place for Integrated Systems Europe.
nice singular. Um, the work is about uh, satellites and um, we are tracking um, the sky above our heads, um, specifically this uh, space. And um, we map them into this uh, grid of uh, LED lights. And um, it consists out of five scenes. And um, we have different kind of uh, animations. When satellites get very close to each other, there will be small sparkles or explosions. That what we saw right now is like a snow crash and um, it symbolizes if we track more than eight satellites at one time. It was great to see some of the exhibitions. There was only three exhibitions that we got to see at the Lums Festival. But uh, I have to say I was tired on Thursday afternoon. It's been a long week. I don't know how people do the talking for the whole week at ISD, at, at, at Boots. Uh, my throat was absolutely killing me on, on Thursday afternoon. Uh, didn't get to bed till about nearly 1am knowing that i was on a flight back to dublin at 10am so a quick breakfast and then back home to dublin where i am now and uh, just getting the final touches of this podcast ready for you uh, to go out and broadcast i hope you have enjoyed what i was able to capture at ise 2023 my thanks to wild word uh, for uh, inviting me uh, to tanya and uh, all the integrated systems uh, team. Uh, thanks to those that actually came along. I forgot to mention that earlier. Thanks to everyone that came along to my fireside chat with Jane Ross from Zoom that went down a treat um, talking about Zoom and the new products that and uh, bits of the clog that are coming along on Zoom. Uh, so really excited to see what new innovations they come out with Zoom. Uh, not just the products, but like actually Zoom, Zoom meeting, Zoom webinar. They keep on listening to the end user and they keep on bringing out new updates. I thought that was great as well. Um, so many people that I'm going to thank that will be on the All Things Techie podcast show notes. Uh, great to meet Chris uh, Nito again uh, after so much. I think everyone said at ISE 2023, the, the most important thing that came out of the whole week-long conference was the networking if it felt like everyone was saying and even mike blackman said it we are back it just felt so different to the ices that were previous during covid and the lockdowns and vendors do they wanted to 
go? Did attendees want to appear? And then record-breaking numbers like that was just fantastic. And the best way of ending ISE 2023 for me was the Lums Festival uh, that evening and having a few drinks and with the Higher Ed AV Media Group, uh, the dinners that we were at, getting to meet people that I had only met virtually before because we've been doing this podcast for nearly uh, three years now and because of COVID, weren't able to do as many events this seemed to be the best media event that I've I've covered uh, so far <laughs> for the All Things Techie podcast and more to come. Um, don't forget, this has been the full recap for me for IC 2023. I will be breaking up the different vendors that I've talked to during the week up as different episodes of the All Things Techie podcast that you can just break up and listen to separately. Uh, that will be coming on our audio podcast and on video on YouTube, our YouTube channel as well. We have a playlist called ISE 2023. The All Things Techie podcast will website will be doing an upgrade in the not-so-distant future, so stay tuned for that. We also, well, uh, sorry, I also got some really cool NDAs that I can all say is some vendors are coming out with some really, really cool stuff for Infocom. That's in a couple of months' time. Other than that, my lips are sealed because I've signed NDAs. I can't tell you more, but we'll have some exclusives coming up on the All Things Techie podcast in a couple of months' time. Really stay tuned for that. Watch this space. As I said again, anyone that's been sped listening to this podcast... It does more justice if you go back and type in All Things Techie Podcast, episode 67 um, on YouTube and be able to view it in your own time. Uh, Whether that be on your mobile phone, whether that be at home, on your smart TV, do watch this. For me, Justin Dawson, still recovering from ISE 2023. Uh, Too many people to thank. The people that came up and said hello to me, the people that actually asked for stickers from me from the people that were so hospitable for dinners and uh, enjoying telling me that they enjoyed my podcast meant so much to me thank you for listening this has been the all things techie podcast episode 67 i promise you that there's a lot more talk in the next coming episodes of ise 2023 I still have to do the Across the Ponds podcast with Joe Way and the Higher AV Media Group. That will be soon. And uh, stay tuned because, uh, as I say, a lot more vendors that I didn't get to talk to at ISE 2023 will be upcoming episodes of the All Things Techie podcast. Lots to come. Stay tuned.